Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ReopenAmericaResourceCenter.com. Are you struggling personally or professionally because of the coronavirus shutdown? Ready to grow your business and serve more customers and clients? Finally, there's a trustworthy website with resources, relief options, grants, support, and much more for small businesses, nonprofits, and individuals. One location with all the information. It's time to get back to work, life, and reopen America. Visit ReopenAmericaResourceCenter.com today. The ultimate resource platform to help you in every way. This is Everything Home, the transformational show about life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness delivered by good people doing good business and good things. Let's take the word freedom. Wouldn't it be great to have more professional freedom, personal freedom, and how about financial freedom? Every week, Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content, interviews experts, entrepreneurs, professionals, and purpose-driven people to share their stories, their passions, and provide real-life, tangible takeaways. Get ready to be entertained, yet learn some incredible information. This is Everything Home, and this is Michelle Swinnick. This is a special episode of Everything Home. Who better to rescue Americans from this pandemic than a superhero? I'm honored to have a conversation with the one and only Superman Dean King. <laughs> He's an actor, filmmaker, television show host, former football player for the Buffalo Bills, father, patriot, reserve police officer, and of course, Superman from the TV series Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. His uh, career accomplishments are long and impressive, but most recently he starred in the very controversial play FBI Lovebirds Undercovers, which is a verbatim reading of text between former FBI lawyer Lisa Page and former FBI agent Peter Strzok, which I watched it in full a couple weeks ago, and <laughs> it's really funny. I highly suggest everyone go ahead and watch it on YouTube. You can also see him guest hosting on Fox and Friends on the weekends. But before I bring him on, I want to do a couple little shameless plugs for our talk radio show podcast and patriotic purpose-driven platform. All of our episodes are listed on our website, everythinghometalkshow.com. Please check it out. Begin to use it as a resource to meet, learn from, and hire the experts, guest professionals, and members of the Everything Home Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace. They truly are good people doing good business and good things. People and companies you can trust to provide quality content, exceptional products, and service. You can also follow us on social media. All links are on our website. And don't forget to rate and review Everything Home so you can receive one entry to win a free giveaway in our monthly contest. This episode summary has the link or visit everythinghometalkshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any of our great guests or special segments. First my joke, then on with the show. What do you call Clark Kent on his way out for dinner? Superman. <laughs> Superman, Superman. 
<laughs> my jokes are corny. Sometimes they're good, but it just it makes these people are paying attention. Like, really? Did she just say that? So the laughter in the background is none other than Superman. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Kane. How are you today, sir? And thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm very happy to be here, Michelle. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go Superman. That's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that as I cook dinner this evening for my son. Uh, I will say I am not. I, your dad is now Superman. I'm gonna give that one a shot. He thinks my dad jokes are terrible anyway, so it can't get any worse. Uh, <laughs> How old is he? He's in college. He's right? 19 years old. So he's back from school. He goes to school in North Carolina, beautiful university called High Point University, and um, everything has moved online for the rest of this semester. And you know it's uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens with uh, with his school. I think they'll probably be back in um, come fall, but we'll have to see how that works out. Um, he right now he's doing online schooling like everybody else, and uh, I think it's kind of interesting in that sense because they're gonna, a lot of people I think are going to find that it's 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 quite nice to do online schooling. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think there's going to be a transition with people in college and how they have a higher learning, especially on the cost. That's what I know that. Most of the universities oh, weren't yes. reimbursing for room and board, so they didn't volunteer to give you guys a check for any reimbursement. This school happens to do that. They are doing oh, that. Oh, wow. wow. So, yeah, there's a whole situation worked out for that. It's, a, it's not your average university. It's a pretty great place. Wow. That's unheard of. That's <laughs> uh, unheard of. So your son picked the good one. Sorry, right, I have yep. to get this out of the way. This is the number one question that I received from our listeners when I was Oh, saying you're coming on the show. I know, I know. They want to know if you're single and would you date someone who's not in show business? Oh my gosh, those are easy. Yes, I'm single, and yes, I would absolutely date someone not in show business. That would be uh, lovely. In fact, I have done that many, many times. Oh, I don't want to say how many times, <laughs> but it's certainly not a prerequisite for me to date someone who is in show business. Not at all. In fact, I think it might be um, possibly. Uh, I mean, listen, it's not a. It wouldn't be a positive or a negative. It's just a. It's completely subjective. It would depend on the individual. But they certainly do not need to be in show business at all for me to date someone, and uh, and I'm very single, no question right, about good. it. Single, ready to mingle. Well, you've got a great personality, and I didn't really necessarily get a taste of it uh, years ago when I'd seen you on shows, except when you started hosting on Fox on the weekends. I said. Ah, yes. not, to do. not only is he good looking, he's got a good personality to this guy. He's funny. <laughs> he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. Yeah, funny guy. I'll that, take it. I... Funny is important. <laughs> the quality I really appreciate from someone like yourself who's been in the industry a long time is that you're really genuine. And being in an industry where there's so much phoniness and so much narcissism and arrogance, you're down to earth. I've been following you on Twitter and you're constantly supporting veterans, first responders. I can't believe some of the things that people say in general <laughs> on Twitter, but you come back and you tell you put them right in their place. I mean, you stand up for what you believe in. You're completely the opposite of a liberal in a town and in an industry that is out of control when it comes to anything like that. So I respect you for standing up for what you believe in, which is, I'm sure, hard in your industry. I just remember even Clint Eastwood or James Woods would say over the years, they, they didn't want to necessarily talk about their views. You know, God forbid they should love this country because they didn't necessarily get the work, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you, that's, you a, that. that's a problem for some. Uh, certainly not for Clint Eastwood. He can do anything because he's uh... – He's been doing it for, for decades and decades, and he's extremely talented and has done such great work. But there is a certain amount of, I don't know, vitriol and uh, venom that is certainly aimed at people who tend to espouse conservative beliefs 
which is interesting and it's weird, but it's certainly not going to stop me from speaking my mind and and explaining why I feel this way about X, Y, or Z. Um, I don't know that it's ever cost me any work specifically because no one would ever have the, the cojones to say, look, this is I won't hire you because I don't like your political views. I, I think it's probably illegal anyway. You know, Hollywood is a it's a weird spot. And I'll tell you what, if being conservative was making people money, you'd find a whole lot of conservatives in Hollywood. It's a bottom line town and people want to make money. And if they whatever it would take. Uh, Ricky Gervais said it really, really well. If the Taliban was holding a, you know, a casting call for something, they'd be like, Where, call, call my agent. Uh, and, and he's right in that sense. Um, there are people who I, who I admire very much in this business as actors and performers whose politics I find abhorrent and, um, and whose personal um, lives I would not want to emulate in any way, shape, or form. But I can appreciate their ability to be actors, and I can separate the two. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who can't do that, and then there's a lot of people who don't want you to be able to do that. They want you to all march to the same drum, and if not, they'd be happy to blacklist you or remove you. I mean, it's amazing to see how many people talk about, like, calling the president uh, fascist, and then they say, but they want to have the right to, like, I mean, then you get Deborah Messing and things saying, you know, who's going to this Trump fundraiser? We should know their names, so we don't, we know who not to work with. You know, Eric McCormick saying that stuff. That stuff is real McCarthyism, and that's like real stuff. I, I of course, responded to that, said, I, I, I'm going to be out of town, or I would be going happily, <laughs> because I'm not afraid of that stuff. Maybe that's because I've been in this business for a long time, and I'm established to a degree, or maybe because I'm a grown man who's strong in his convictions. I'm not sure. Over the years, did you find it difficult to have authentic and deeper relationships with the people in Hollywood because of their ideology? Or are most of your close friendships with non-industry people? I started as an athlete, you know, a student and an athlete. And my closest friends are still a lot of my, you know, most of my closest friends are still my college football playing buddies that I was, you know, bleeding and sweating with and running around every day on a football field. And those people, you know, are, are the people that I think I'm probably closest with. And uh, I don't care what their political beliefs are. You know what I mean? Uh, or, yeah. I, I, these are people who I know their character, you know, and I don't care what color anybody is or what sex anybody is or, or, or any of that stuff. I mean, I try to go with Martin Luther King's real saying, you know, I have a dream one day my children will be able to live in a world where they're judged by the content of the character and not the color of their skin or even their political affiliations. I mean, that stuff is just madness to me. I have a lot of friends who just run the gamut of of people. I always have been that way. I would find it very confining to have just industry friends or just football playing friends or just law enforcement friends or just military friends. Um, so I, I like to have friends um, from all over the spectrum, every color, shape, creed, political affiliation, you name it. And I love to discuss politics with my friends, especially with those with whom I, I disagree, because I, I think that Things have gotten so polarized here that people tend to be, you know, I say this and I say it often, it's like I think there's 10% of the far left, 10% of the far right. Those people make most of the noise. And then there's 80% of us that are somewhere in the middle, maybe holding a little of this and a little of that. But there were 80% of us are probably pretty much straight on the uh, on, on most issues. And, and, I, and I really think that's the case in the United States and possibly even worldwide. I mean, I travel everywhere. And I find that people generally have the same sort of sets of values about family and community uh, as, as, as we do here in the United States. I agree with you. Or we just don't have enough time to be that vocal about it because we're busy doing other things that are productive rather than viewing and being loud about something. Uh, that's probably <laughs> it too. It's like, who has time? All there are those who just want to spew and be loud. Oh gosh. Well, you, <laughs> mentioned, you mentioned athlete, college, 
How about an insight into the Dean Kane timeline, since it sounds like there's much more to you than just Superman? Who really is Dean Kane? Sure. Well, I'm a kid who was raised in Malibu, California. Uh, I was born in Detroit, Michigan, uh, a military brat. My, actually, my mom's father was a, a, a naval commander, and so I was born on an Air Force base in, in Michigan and uh, moved to California when I was three years old. My mom uh, met and fell in love with my now stepfather, but he's my father, Chris, and they married when I was four, moved to Malibu, California, grew up around uh, folks who were all involved in the film industry and such, but I was always uh, focused on being a, a good student and a, an athlete, and I loved doing those things. Uh, fortunately, they got me uh, lots of attention, especially as a football player and, and as a good student. I was able to sort of choose where I wanted to go to school. I have all sorts of scholarship offers, but I just chose instead to go to what I think is the greatest university on the planet, which is Princeton University, and I went there. There are no athletic scholarships, so my father sucked it up and paid for me to go there, and uh, I had an incredible experience at Princeton. thought about leaving once or twice, as I think most college kids do at one point in time during their tenure in a school for various reasons. Glad I stuck it out. Uh, had a wonderful experience in college. Uh, still, Princeton holds a very, very special place in my heart. I went there as a young man, and I left as a as a man. If you want, I went as a boy, and I left as a young man, I guess. And it was a really important time in my development as a young person, uh, and I couldn't have been in a better better place. And then uh, I did have a very short stint with the Buffalo Bills. I was an All-American football player at Princeton, which was wonderful, and had just a great experience there with the football program and great friends, like I said. Had a chance to go pro with the Buffalo Bills, got hurt very early on, and so suddenly I'm 20, my 22nd birthday, like suddenly the two things that I did really well, go to school and, and play football, are, were gone. <laughs> I was like, well, I better figure out what else I'm going to do. I knew that I was going to work in film at some point in time, and I expected to move, make that transition, but I didn't expect it to happen that quickly. And it was kind of right away. My father is a film director and writer-producer, and he was always pushing me to write. So I started writing and acting and doing commercials and things of that nature. And I finally, a couple years into it, got uh, a huge break and was able to be cast as Superman in Lois and Clark, which was a gigantic, gigantic show, gigantic opportunity for a 26-year-old young man, and I was very excited. Didn't have any clue what I was getting myself into, and it's an all-encompassing life being the star or two stars of a three-person show, Lois Clark and Superman. So I, I was two of those three, and it was a uh, 18 hours a day and just an absolute time grabber and life sucker, if you will. That's every moment you're awake, you're on set. But it taught me so much, I can't even put it into words about the industry and about hard work within the, this industry. And it was just an amazing experience and a great way to start my career. And since then, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful ride. Uh, father of a 19-year-old boy, as I said. And that changed. that's the biggest change in my whole life was having my son because I changed my entire career. I changed everything I was doing, every work piece of work that I took and really lived limited what I did because uh, my first and foremost most important job was to be this with this boy's father and now I have a 19 year old young man who's my favorite human being on the planet I got no re I got no regrets none at all how was that for a short rundown yeah, I just crammed it all in there dude took less work when he was born so that you could be around him most people would not even put that as a factor because they would take whatever roles that they could regardless of not, well, it's, that's not true. it's not normal that you hear people say, well, I wanted to be a dad. 
Well, that's true. But, I, you know, fortunately, I had had an example in my own father. My father came and adopted my brother and I when we were four years old and six years old, and he didn't have uh, the proverbial pot to piss in, if you will. He uh, didn't have any money, didn't have a real job, didn't have anything, but he loved my mom and loved these two little Asian babies because, you know, I'm Japanese. Um, I was born Tanaka is my given name, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a quarter Japanese. And uh, it's, certainly, it's certainly obvious in my looks that there's some sort of a mix in there, which is really funny because when I was cast as Superman, they were saying, you know, we want we want Superman, not Sushi Man, things of that nature, <laughs> which of course to me I thought was hysterical. Yeah, but uh, sure some people, it, <laughs> my <laughs> brother, my brother laughed. He still laughs at that. But you know, those sort of things, insensitive things people say. That that's that's the world. It happens. Didn't yeah. bother me. Doesn't bother me now. Uh, even recently they were saying, you know, isn't it about time, you know, for a non-white Superman? I'm like, where were you in the '90s? Because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. This, this, this right. you know, part Asian kid has been playing that guy forever. But whatever. So I got really lucky, and I had a wonderful, wonderful, unbelievably incredible father who stepped in as my role model and uh, my model for being a parent. So for me to, to say I'm going to parent this kid and make that my priority was not difficult. I turned down uh, a series that probably would have made me the highest paid actor, one of the highest paid actors in television. It went on for many years. Um, I what turned that down because I would. I had to. I would have had to move from L.A. I was involved in a custody fight with my son's mother. I eventually ended up with full custody of of uh, our son for various reasons, and I really limited what roles I took. I put lots of rules in effect for myself. I made him my priority, and I was really listen. I'm blessed that I was able to do that, and I know that it was. You know, I, of course, I was sacrificing what people. Some people would say, you know, career and things. I turned down things like Band of Brothers and stuff that I would have loved to have been able to do, and certainly that series. I would have loved to have been able to do, but that's just the way it works um, when you make decisions. And I, I stick by my decisions, and I, I look at my son every day, and it uh, makes me smile that I made those decisions because I wouldn't have the relationship that I have with him had I chosen the work. So can you say what the uh... – show was that you turned down or you're not allowed to yeah I'm not going to do that I can't do that oh, because okay. then because they did it and actors played roles and did things and I hate to do that if you watch I'll watch what happens live Andy will always do that and some of them don't say some of them say I figured it might be some sort of code that you're not allowed discuss those things. You know, there's, there's certain things that, you know, for whatever reason you can say this, but, you know, I, I would hate to do that. Yeah, I haven't been on Andy's show, so he can ask me and I'll, I'll refuse to answer there, too. <laughs> but on, on, this, on this case, but there's some other ones that I would have, you know, that I'd be happy to discuss. <laughs> so let me just picture this. You're 26 years old. You're on one of the top television shows. You are good looking. You now have lots of money coming in. There's got to be some funny, crazy story that you can share that's not too dirty. Because I got some dirty ones, Michelle. I got some, you know, well, I will say something just to, to sort of cross both. I, you know, at that time, the internet was in its infancy, if you will, and it wasn't certainly the social media and things didn't exist to the extent that they exist now. And there was certainly nothing, nothing even close to what, what we see today and the influence it has on society. But uh, people would be talking about the show and the things that we were doing and writing in and things we should do. And I used to get letters. So here, you know, when you're playing a character like Superman, you get these very interesting letters. But I would get letters, you know, I'd get grocery lists. I'd get, can you help me do this? You know, super, as though I were really Superman. And it was really sad. Some of the things, at one point in time, I was going to get together and put together a book, Letters to Superman or something like that. And I, I, we worked it out, but we ended up not having it come to fruition. But it was incredible the kind of fan mail and the things that I got at that time. And I really wish I had done it, even now looking back at it. 
but you had to get there was a lot of clearances and blah blah blah. But it was just a, incredible the things people were asking. But one point in time, I made that I said they said what are the have you, weird things you've been sent? Have you been sent this? And I made a joke. I said I haven't been sent a, um, a lot of female oh, panties. Yeah, panties. You have to. That's a, the thing. Yeah. yeah. I said I made a joke about that, and then then it happened. <laughs> then I was then I was sent a lot of female undergarments, which was uh, was which was pretty funny. So you got to be careful of what you uh, what you say or what, even what you joke about sometimes. Yeah, but, uh, it's like just. It was an incredible, it was an incredible, incredible experience. And I could have stories for days and days and days about things that happened on set, off set, even stopping one day to, to help a woman change her tire, you know, on Sunset Boulevard. She's like, you're, you're Superman, you know, and I just changed your tire. And, <laughs> and it was just kind of funny. And things like that happen all the time, um, you know, fun stuff. But uh, it was just an incredible role. And still today, I mean, I would say, you know, half the time I walk around, I, I get a Superman comment or two. Or, and, that's, and that's just fine by me because if you're going to be associated with a character forever, what better character to be associated with than Superman? Exactly. You picked a good one. An, an everlasting superhero. So, well, the, I'm glad they don't call me Scott Peterson because I played him too. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I heard the gravelly, the gravelness. In your, I remember that. Yes. It, was a, it, re, it provokes oh, it was, uh, an interesting a, response. A, from. Yeah, but that was a good uh, – I don't remember if it was like a um, movie uh, – back in the day, it was like movie of the week. Or it was a couple series or it was just one – It was a Lifetime film. Lifetime, yeah. Oh, that was such a good one. I forgot about that. Yeah, you did. You looked like him too, but in a good way. So one thing, that, <laughs> one thing you glossed, yeah, one thing you glossed over about Princeton, which I found interesting when I was doing my research, you didn't mention Brooke Shields. So there's a little something there that you want to share with the audience. Didn't oh well, Dave, well, I or? want to share. Well, I'm not. I mean, listen, uh, Brooke is uh, was my college girlfriend. Um, uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman and person she is, and just um, you know, we were young and and in love. She wrote a book um, that, that sort of chronicled some of the things that took place. So uh, I'm not giving away any secrets for sure, um, but uh, still a wonderful friend and just such a kind of a really lovely piece of time in I think both of our lives to be you know in Princeton at that time and you know and and young and enjoying each other's company and it was wonderful she you know I also got to see her how she dealt with uh, lots of fans and things of that nature and and fan mail and having a you know security and uh, but I had been around that you know before with lots of folks that I had grown up with who became very famous and like I said you know Charlie Sheen suddenly you know the world's sexiest man or this or that or the other thing and I'd be like Charlie he was my third baseman you know <laughs> how did my third baseman become the sexiest man in the world so things like that so but it was uh, it, it was really interesting to, for me to understand the way media does things and what they would do and and also I, I got to see how you know the pressure of the media weighed on Brooke and it was it was it was interesting to learn from her and she taught me quite a bit about it she was famous before she even went to school I can only imagine if it was in today's time it was just too much for a kid now do you are you guys still friends now oh yeah we're absolutely still oh, friends good. completely good, we'll be good. we're lifelong friends that, that'll never end she's probably a genuine person too like yourself so that's why you guys she's still stick together. extremely genuine I would say kind to a fault sometimes well, that's nice to hear because we always look at most of these celebrities and we, that's not our view of them. So uh, the the ones that I actually enjoy watching, whether it's on TV shows or in movies, when I hear that they actually are more normal, it just makes you go, oh, thank God, because there's so many that I enjoy their 
their shows, their, their movies. And then when they open their mouth outside of that, I go, oh, why'd you have to ruin it? Why did you ruin it for me? I've been a fan for 20 years. Ah, you know. Yeah. Listen, I enjoy Robert De Niro's films, but standing in front of the Tonys and saying F Trump and getting a standing ovation made my stomach uh, nauseous. Crazy. So I know that you said you have some limited time, but I want you to kind of give some feedback on most recent work that you did, the FBI Lovebirds, or if you want to talk about the Gosnell movie. Sure. I want you to mention any nonprofits and charities, especially in this time that we're in. I want you to be able to to promote and support them. So sure. you just take it from there. Today is Wednesday, and, it, and Wednesday the 8th of April, and it would have been Chris Kyle's birthday. And uh, Chris Kyle is known to many as you know the American sniper. He uh, passed away several years ago, and he was one of my heroes in uh, in lore and then in real life. He became a very good friend of mine, and we trained together and did a show together. And wonderful guy, so I want to wish him uh, a happy birthday and rest in peace because he was a real American hero. And to me, uh, it's wonderful to play a superhero, but to, to, there are real heroes and we're seeing them a lot and they're fortunately being celebrated right now our first responders our law enforcement our doctors our nurses these people are finally at this point in time being celebrated i celebrate them all the time that's why i became a reserve law enforcement officer because i have great respect for these people who whose lives are on the line every single day whether there's a you know a fire or not the firemen and women are there the men and women are in uniform are doing so much work so i'm glad that they're getting a little bit of recognition right now. It's never enough. My sincere thanks goes out to them and appreciation. I have all sorts of uh, projects that have, you know, literally this entire industry is gone, done. We've shut down everything. So I have projects in development that I can't wait to get back up on the ground. I think I'm going to be producing, directing, and starring in my, well, I'll be directing my first film, which is one that I wrote and I'll be producing and starring in. And I'm excited for that later on this year if uh, if things <laughs> open up. Uh, and I have some great television shows in, in development and some I have just lots going on. It helps that I'm a writer. So I'm a screenwriter. I can sit here at home and I have four other scripts to read and write and work on anyway. So I could be doing this for a long time and be quite comfortable with work. It'd be nice if, uh, if there were some things going on that we could film. But at this point in time, I could stay busy for quite some time here working from my computer no doubt besides superman what was your favorite project movie tv show that you did well yeah superman certainly takes the case because it was uh such you know you put so much blood sweat and tears into something and it takes up so much of your life that it's just huge i mean i spent as much time doing that as i did going to college and a good four-year chunk i also loved doing ripley's believe it or not that was a show that my my company made i hosted that it was just so much fun and it was very light and uh, educational and fun i really enjoyed that that was great fun currently i've been hosting masters of illusion for six years a magic show on the cw which i think it's a lot of fun. I'm fascinated by that stuff, but also lighthearted and a good time. Those are all jobs that I loved. I've done two, uh, two quote, reality competition shows, if you will, that I really enjoyed. One of them was called Stars Earn Stripes. That's where I was able to work with Chris Kyle and with live ammunition and learn and, and train for military-inspired missions and jumping out of helicopters and doing all kinds of wild stuff with, wild, with full live ammunition and uh, really great to learn from these incredible operators that we had. They're unbelievable Delta Force guys and SWAT officers and, you know, Navy recon. I mean, just you name them, Green Beret these guys were incredible. That was great fun. And then I did a show called The Jump in in uh, Austria for the UK, where I competed in all sorts of alpine ski things. Those things were that was just so much fun. Great people, and those are the only sort of reality shows I would do. Those were all fun things. I mean, I've done hundreds of movies. You know, working opposite Denzel Washington was a 
super career highlight. He's my favorite actor. And to be able to work with him just after he won Best Actor as well, you couldn't learn from anybody better. And he's an extremely classy and uh, incredible guy. He's a very inspiring guy. And he, I learned tremendous amount just watching him. It wasn't like he was like, Dean, you got to do this. It wasn't that. I was learning from him by watching. It's the same thing you learn on the football field. You learn why someone always, why are they always at the hole? Why they always get to the spot? You watch their footwork. You see how they move. You know, so I studied Denzel like that. If I could be a tenth of the actor that Denzel is, I'd be very happy with that because he's such a natural actor. And, you know, so doing that, that movie out of time with him was a was a certain highlight. And I think the, the best for me is still yet to come. So I'm an eternal optimist and I'm excited for the things that are going to come um, on the other side of this uh, this pandemic. Dean, your attitude is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I can hear, I can feel it coming through the microphone on how uplifting you are and positive and the fact that you as a superhero just celebrated and gave recognition to all of the real superheroes, the first responders, Chris Kyle, the people on the front line. I mean, that's just a class act, an overall class act. So I, uh, I couldn't ask for a better person to give something other than Corona talk to my audience at this point, because I know that people are exhausted on it and they're looking for just something that was fun. Somebody that was a celebrity, but not a celebrity who is from an ivory tower. That's telling you, take this time to go find yourself when people are wondering where they're going to get money for their next meal. I appreciate your attitude and I would love to come back on and tell more stories and just be an uplifting person, especially during these crazy times. And people, people want to hear that. They, like, they want to hear stories from people like you. Well, you ask me, Michelle, I'll come on. I'm happy to. No question about it. That is a deal, and I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to let you go. If there's anything else that you want to say to the honest before we part, you just go ahead and take the time right now. I just want everybody to, to, to stay safe and healthy, and uh, obviously that's not going to happen for all of us, and we're all going to go through tough things, and uh, just know that there is always light at the end of the tunnel. You know, life is going to keep throwing throwing things at us, and we have to persevere and move on, and I hope that everybody deals with this, this pandemic, and, and hopefully it doesn't scar too many lives, but there's always something that's going to scar us right around the corner, so enjoy the time that you have with the loved ones, and be happy. Make the most of the time here. we got a short life. That's kind of it. Well said, Superman. Well said. So, Dean, Mr. Kane, Superman, thank you so much for coming on. I'm not going to stalk you, but I'm going to have you back on more often. Don't be surprised. I'll be there. I'll be there. You've been listening to Everything Home with Michelle Swinnick. Life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness. To meet, learn from, and hire the experts and the guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Home Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace, visit everythinghometalkshow.com slash episodes. And to listen, subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, comment, and share, go to www.everythinghometalkshow.com and find us on all the major listening platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you were entertained, and we hope that you picked up some real-life, tangible takeaways from some good people doing good business and good things. Till next time, this is Everything Home, signing off. Did you know 
63% of consumers preferred to buy from purpose-driven brands and businesses that reflect their own values, beliefs, and support charitable causes. Promos for a Purpose provides business owners with ways to support worthy causes and promote their brands at the same time with its comprehensive done-for-you marketing and media program. Visit www.promosforapurpose.com for more information. Promosforapurpose.com With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.